This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 586. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave, and I am joined here by Brandon. You can check him out. I almost forgot your name over there. And also, Chris is going to be joining us a bit later on. But check us out over at markingout.com. Check us out over on Twitter, over on Facebook, over on Twitch. Not on Discord. Are we on Discord? No. Don't check us out on Discord. But buy a t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Check us out over on Instagram as well. But as you heard, he is here. He is with me. The B to the G. That is right. It is only him. The one. The only. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Doing fantastic. Living the dream, rocking and rolling, rising and grinding. So, how was your uh, your week? It was uh, it was pretty good. I ended up going to Old Bethpage Village Restoration. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah, that's, that's a name which... I haven't heard since like elementary school. Yeah, for those of you who aren't from Long Island, they're not familiar with that. It's a living museum village, basically, that was recreated from different places on Long Island. And before some of the places were torn down, they were moved to Old Bethpage to be preserved. So, I mean, it's been probably about 25 years since I've been there. What brought you over to there? I just wanted to check it out. It's like I said, been probably twenty five years, so I wanted to just You just like woke up and you're like, I wanna go there. And I just wanted to like be out in nature. I know that's an outdoor gimmick, so what brought brought it to your mind though? There's not like Like, I mean there's a lot of history on Long Island, so But nothing took place where you're like, Oh, that's a um let's go there. No, it's just like what are the things available outdoors on Long Island. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I said it last week, it's springtime. Get out there yeah. and, and check things out. Hey, carpe diem. I, I, I would have never thought about taking a trip out there. And it's really crazy because when I... So when we pull up, I it nothing at all seems familiar. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all seems familiar. Then when you go through the main building and walk outside... Mm-hmm. There's like it's like a, a concrete structure with a ramp and there's picnic tables and stuff on the like on the main level where you walked up. And uh-huh. I'm like, I remember being here. I remember playing on this ramp. And then walking through all the other buildings, I have no recollection of it whatsoever. I'll tell you, I would have to look at pictures to actually like I, I nothing's really coming to mind when I'm thinking about this though. Yeah, it's just a bunch of old houses from like maybe this, the 1800s, 1700s. Now, is it true that they asked you to work there or no? Yeah. 
Are you no. going to be joining them, Brandon? No, I'm not joining the cast. No? It's like that episode of South Park where they um, have to, like, break into, uh, break out of, like, their um, recreation of that village. Right. It's it's That's pretty much what it is over there. Yeah, that's, I mean, minus the <laughs> having to break out, that's really what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's for but sure. I think it's a cool thing. There's, like, nature. I know there was, there's supposed to be a ton of animals there i saw sheep i didn't see any horses or anything i i i don't know what i we got chased by like turkeys but they didn't have the little things on their necks so i don't know what they were wait what yeah i don't know what it was i got chased by a bird at beth page <laughs> this you went to beth page not jurassic park right yeah i mean and they were small like i i mean they were they were big but uh huh. I I definitely wasn't prepared to fight back if I needed to. That's for sure. But let's. I mean, let's not. You could have fought back though. You know. I feel like I would have. I don't know. You would have won. I, well, Brandon, well, well, I, everybody I've never, like tried to knock out a turkey before. Everybody, so. everybody listening knows about you and your big boot. You know. Yeah. All you would have to do is smack this bird across the head with that big boot. And I don't know. It's, it's like frightening though, right away. They're in in one of what was it Hollywood Studios in their parking lot. There's a giant turkey that just like roams, and it's like if that turkey were to chase me, I don't know what I would do. Would anyone help? I truly don't want to. Like, I I think that you would probably become an bird. internet sensation if anything. Yeah, wonderful. Hey TikTok. <laughs> I mean, I could definitely see you on TikTok being chased by a turkey. Yeah. You know? Now with Benny Hill theme. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I, I also ended up going to Smokin' Owls for my brother's birthday. So that was nice. I got the uh, the nachos with the brisket, the chopped brisket and pulled chicken on it. Mm-hmm. And then a few, uh, well, actually more than a few months ago, they had messed up my order. So I had a free half rack of the beef ribs there so i got that and was able to eat those later throughout the week that's but i don't cool. think I, I feel like it's not worth the price anymore because i still like their food but it went up a lot in, in price all right it went but up I mean, a, lot a lot of, of places are going up yeah of course covid everything yeah good old inflation inflation goes up the stock market goes down lovely but uh how was your week my week was, uh, it was good. It was jam-packed, jam-packed, very tiring, very tiring. And it is already the end of the week. It came and it gone, and we are already headed. It came and it gone. Yeah, it came and it gone. And it's a, like, it is all jam-packed. But it was great. It was great. But something else that was also great was that sports entertainment, Monday Night Raw, that is. Monday Night Nitro. Which celebrated Randy Orton's 20th anniversary. It opened up uh, right off the bat with the the roster surrounding the ring as Matt Riddle introduced the show and a video package. And then finally Randy Orton, who came out and spoke. And then Riddle ends up bringing Cody Rhodes out. So I thought that was pretty cool to see a little tiny legacy reunion there. Yeah, and that that was really special, like where they hugged and stuff. I don't know. It's one of those things where 
it is you know for a fact Cody maintained touch with Randy this entire time. You know, I mean, do we? I don't know. I, I, would, I can't say that. I would. I would assume so. You know, I have no idea. But Seth Rollins ends up interrupting that segment and yelled about Cody Rhodes trying to steal a spotlight, and then he gets cut off by Ezekiel, just so he can congratulate Randy Orton and introduce himself, which Randy Orton sold. I thought that was hilarious. And then Kevin Owens interrupted Ezekiel to yell about him actually being Elias, and then finally the Usos came out. And said that their favorite Orton moment is going to be beating them at WrestleMania Backlash next week. And then Adam Pearce came out making an eight-man tag, so it set up the the main event. Yeah, really a huge main event for the 20th anniversary. But next up, you had... Also, I mean, mean, that segment went to blows at at some point, too. Yeah, 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 that's true. And I thought it was really good, because it was like, it had some sentimental moments, it was funny, it saw action mm-hmm. so everything yeah it's pretty cool totally you know but next up you had bianca belair pick up a victory over sonia deville but it was by countout yeah so she was she retained the women's championship before that we even saw backstage her talking to glenn jacobs the mayor of knox county it made it very clear in a uh, in a dot com exclusive that he was not Kane to Ezekiel, <laughs> which I thought that was such a funny segment too. But the the match here ended pretty quickly, where Deville ends up yelling and uh, restarts the match with no countouts, and then Bianca Belair ends up picking up the victory over Sonya Deville via disqualification to retain the championship. Because Sonya Deville used a steel chair and got herself DQ'd there. And then she made a no count out to no DQ match. And Bianca Belair was able to pick up the victory over Sonya Deville to retain the, the women's championship. She had Queen Queen uh, Zelina and Carmella come out to try to help her. But Bianca Belair overcame that, still won the match. And I enjoyed these three segments combined. I, I agree with you. The one thing that I'm like, eh, about is this thing with Sonya Deville. I was kind of hoping it would have a bigger payoff. I mean, not to say, like, I hope that it continues. Well, we'll see what the bigger pay- payoff from that is. But, I mean, I backstage, know. Queen Zelina and Carmella were arguing. And Sonya Deville said that they're no longer going to be getting championship opportunities, to which they argued... Deville ends up slapping the hell out of Queen Zelina. Carmella goes to slap Sonya Deville, and then Sonya stops her. I'm the authority here. And then Deville ends up slapping the hell out of Carmella. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. After that, yeah, totally. Though, we saw but Veer. next up, you had Veer pick up the victory over Sam Smothers. Veer continually uh, continuing his role on Monday Night Raw. Um, yeah, it was just a domination. It's funny because during the opening segment, Veer was standing there like like a face. He even like fist bumped Randy Orton and everything. <laughs> I completely forgot about him being a heel until this match. That's true. But we again, we get the million dollar arm, we got the the clutch, and then after the match, instead of it happening again in the ring, Veer did the clutch outside the ring. Choke slammed the dude onto the commentary table and locked the clutch on again on the commentary table. 
Yeah, I was was surprised that he... Yeah, same here. And the fact that he locked it in outside of the ring and then on top of the commentary table is just uh, even further showing his dominance on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. But next up, you had an arm wrestling challenge. Uh, Lashley and, um, yeah, was not almost and I don't know. I mean, they were at first pretty evenly matched and then obviously they're going forth with like uh, almost almost winning and then Lashley ends up actually winning. And MVP attacked Bobby Lashley after he won and almost took over, beat Bobby Lashley with the arm wrestling table. And then later on, MVP said that almost challenged Bobby Lashley to a match at WrestleMania Backlash. I expected. don't care about that arm wrestling segment, though. No, not at all. Not at all. But... That being said, next up you had Tozawa and Tamina pick up the victory over Reggie and Dana Brooke. Um, yeah. R-Truth was the guest referee. He was. He was. And again, almost. here they look like they almost teased some sort of romance thing between Dana Brooke and Tamina. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I R-Truth, R-Truth being a little sneaky. I mean, everyone, Kira Tozawa tried to win the 24-7 championship after the match. R-Truth also tried to by counting for himself, which I think <laughs> might be a first. I don't know. I can't remember Maybe. ever seeing a referee count for themselves. So Yeah, I don't know. After that, Becky Lynch came out and basically said that she hit rock bottom and the only place to go up, uh, the only place to go from there is up. And then Asuka finally returns. The last time we saw her, I think, was July 2021. And Asuka came out. She ends up flicking Becky Lynch's nose. Becky goes to attack her. Asuka ducks it. And and Becky took off. Nobody's ready for Asuka. No. Asuka is back. And it's so good to see her back on television, too. Um, I'm... The thing is, I just... I feel like it's always her and Becky Lynch. And then never... Never a feud that didn't go away, so yeah. I, I hope that we get to see Asuka a lot more of Asuka, though. I think we will. She's back. Yeah. Earlier in the night we saw Edge and Damian Priest. Edge basically saying that they're better than everyone, but they haven't shown it yet, which leads to Finn Balor versus Damian Priest, which Damian Priest picked up the victory. We also found out that they're I mean, right now it's a duo, but their eventual stable is going to be called Judgment Day. I like it. You know, why not but pick up match... a name after a pay-per-view? Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, WWE already owns the rights, so. <laughs> hey, why not? But Finn Balor, I guess, kind of got distracted by Edge here and ended up getting chokeslammed by Damian Priest. And then Priest used an elevated flatliner to pick up the victory. So I have to assume the reckoning is done due to Cody Rhodes. The reckoning I don't know if that's is... true or not, but maybe uh, they only want one person doing the move now. So, Oh, I understand what you're saying. I'm totally fine with the, uh, what is it? Not the downward spiral. Well, I mean, yeah, it's downward technically spiral. the elevated flatliner, yeah. Flatliner, flatliner. Yeah, I call it the downward spiral still. I mean, it's a similar, it's the basic, same basic move, whatever. Yeah. After that, Miz TV took place with Austin Theory as the guest, and Miz ends up hyping Austin Theory up, 
as well as hyping up the U.S. championship, and basically said that, he, that people need to earn their, their title shot. And then, very surprisingly, Mustafa Ali cut this off. And then they both made fun of him for being gone for months and made light to everything that had been going on with him via social media and everything. And then Ali said that he hopes that Austin Theory is going to be hosting an open challenge so he can answer the challenge and take the U.S. championship from him. And then Austin Theory ends up sending a text message to Vince McMahon and Vince makes Austin uh, Miz versus Mustafa Ali. I mean, hey... Well, I'm happy with this. Mustafa Ali, we know how talented he is. We know how great of a wrestler he is. I hope that this this was definitely unexpected. You know, I'm happy with this. When the music hit, I'm like, I don't know who this is. And um, <laughs> it seemed like neither did the live crowd either. Yeah. Which kind of stinks. Even when he was on the ramp, the crowd... But no, when he came out, there, I definitely saw people freaking out, so... Okay, maybe a few, but I not, yeah, yeah, I heard not nothing. like not as loud as Oscar, but yeah, I I heard really nothing. You know, it was off. Of course, Oscar got a lot more. Yeah, you know, but Mustafa Ali goes on to beat Miz, which I thought was a, a good match back for for Ali, and it's oh yeah, nice that was a cool pin with a win. Yeah, and that was a cool pin too. After you know? the match, we saw Champa, uh, who is now going by Champa, attack Mustafa Ali and lay him out. So Champa, I guess, is a heel. Uh, yeah, I would guess so. I would guess so. Backstage, Rhea Ripley was interviewed and said that she's been tossed into this tag team division, and all her partners do is make her weak. And Liv Morgan ends up attacking her, and they brawled, setting up a match between the two of them. I'm excited for this match too. But Kevin Owens backstage tried to get the Alpha Academy, uh, maybe to help him during the main event, and Chad Gable tried to 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 make him pay for for that service. And then Seth Rollins ends up cutting it off, and Kevin Owens made them leave. And then Kevin Owens kind of argued with Seth Rollins. The Usos showed up and basically said that they need to win. And then RK-Bro, Cody Rhodes, and Ezekiel end up picking up the victory over the Usos, Kevin Owens, and Seth Rollins. I liked it. It was kind of chaotic, but like a good chaotic, I guess. I totally agree with you. I like the chaos, and... I'm I love this everything that's taking place with Kevin Owens and Ezekiel. And I liked this match specifically where everyone basically did a move and then Randy Orton was able to hit an RKO from that. Yeah. It was a nice one. RK to end Bro. It. Yeah, RK Bro ends up picking up the victory after an assisted RKO on uh Jimmy. I don't know. I mean it kind of looked like a 3D. <laughs> I thought it but... what I so what I liked about this was that it pretty much let uh, Randy Orton do his RKO from all these different variations of the RKO over the across the years. Yeah, you know, Jay we got hit with an RKO when he came off the top rope. Exactly. Um, I, I I really yeah. would have liked to have seen more interaction between Cody and Randy, but Cody I think hit a disaster kick. Yeah, if I'm not he, mistaken. Yeah, and then Randy spun Orton him around it to the RKO. 
Yeah, you had so the you had cool. the you had the assisted RKO, which was like the three D you mentioned. You know, which was a move that I Randy did with a some in a, some tag team. It was definitely with some tag team. You know, so it was cool just seeing Randy Orton hitting these RKOs, all these different variations on a twentieth anniversary of him. Yeah, but yeah. After that, let's talk about some NXT. Kicking off with Nikita Lyons picking up a victory over Lash Legend. Um, this was a, an interesting choice to open with. Yeah, I thought it, it was. Uh, I, I, I thought it was kind of sloppy. That's yeah. I'm sorry. I think that Lyons is a little sloppy, though. I really think that she is. Well, they're both really new still, so... Yeah, but... I don't know if I would expose them so much to television. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like... You like It's Lions, the same... I, I don't think she's terrible. I don't know. I feel like... I, I feel like they just... They, they still need grooming, but I don't think that they should be pushed to television just yet. Well... Hopefully, with them working with Natalia, it'll help them a lot because Natty is a uh, a veteran in this business, and she's helped a lot of people. Of course, but how? I mean, it's gonna be, it's not gonna be a huge thing. At some point, Natalia is gonna be leaving, you know, and then they're back on the. But, ro- but they, when you say leaving, though, Natty's on both shows so far. Yeah, but Natty, then it's, at some point she attacks. She ends up attacking Nikita Lyons. And Lash Legends and Lash Legend ends up helping her. Cora Jade runs out, makes a save. Mm-hmm. And when Natty went for a sharpshooter, Lions ends up saving Cora Jade. And a yeah. tag team match gets set for spring break in next week. Lash Legend also is going to be on NXT UK next week for Supernova Sessions, but Yeah. Which that is also a weird thing that they're having the NXT UK both like it's as if they're not actually there. Yeah, it's weird. But backstage, Diamond Mine, we saw Roderick Strong speaking to them, basically saying that he doesn't want his group to end up like his last group. He doesn't want them in AEW. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but uh, the Creed brothers end up having to face a surprise tag team. Uh, Opponents that Roderick Strong have for them next week, and they'll be wrestling later on, ends up being the Viking Raiders. I love the fact that Viking Raiders are there. Yeah. You know? But. Uh, We saw Tony D'Angelo, like a promo or whatever, and said that Zion Quinn's injured, so he'll be facing Von Wagner instead. Von Wagner ends up picking up the victory over Tony D'Angelo, which, like that whole Lash Legend thing, Wagner, I just don't get him or Ivy Nile or Lash Legend like being in the United States when they're supposed to be in the UK. It doesn't make sense to me. But I still, I still as... hate that the UK is like its own off-brand that nobody talks well, about they should 100 percent talk about it and we'll we'll talk about it because yeah. they put on some of the best programming in pro, res, pro, pro wrestling i mean professional that's just, wrestling it, it should definitely feature at least do like a 
like a 30 second clip on NXT just showing us like exposing some people that watch NXT or Raw SmackDown what's happening with the UK brand. Well, hopefully with the exposure of people from the NXT UK coming over to NXT to work. Yeah, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. But as far as Von Wagner and D'Angelo go, I thought it was an okay match. I think both of them needed this victory, but at least the win here wasn't a clean victory because Legato got involved. Yeah. Then we saw those wise guys interfere on behalf of Tony D'Angelo. And then Santos Escobar knocked Tony D'Angelo with a uh, crowbar. Good old crowbar. Never after that, Grayson Waller. After that, Grayson Waller attacked Guru Raj, who Nathan Fraser was supposed to be facing. And basically said that nobody cares about Nathan Fraser's debut. And he yelled at the Chase U guys in the crowd. And Andre, Chase, and Bodie made their way in towards the ring. From behind, Nathan Fraser ends up attacking Grayson Waller. And that sets up a match, I believe it's spring breaking for next week. I would believe so. It would make sense. And also, I guess, I mean, Tiffany Stratton in another segment was attached to Grayson Waller where she was yelling about Saray and then... Grayson Waller interrupted and Stratton joined in and making fun of Nathan Fraser. So. Yeah. But this is the guy that uh, was, everybody said they stole him from AEW. So be excited for this. I, yeah, seeing him in the ring and stuff, I wasn't too familiar with him. But I really was, uh, I was really excited to see him uh, wrestle and stuff like that, you know? Even though he didn't wrestle, he just attacked. But I'm excited to see him wrestle. Yeah, trained by Seth Rollins, so... Very cool. After that, they aired the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament, or they announced that it's going to be taking place starting in two weeks. They introduced Ariana Grace, who is Santino's daughter. She'll be in it. Kiana James, formerly Kayla Inlay, we've seen her wrestle before. Sloane Jacobs, we've seen her wrestle before. Lash Legend made mention to it, so I don't know if she's in the tournament or not, but it seems like she's most likely going to be in it as well. So I think it's cool that they're doing a, a women's breakout tournament. Yeah. Uh, after that, we saw Caden Carter and Katana Chance picking up the victory over Valentina Faraz and Yulisa Leone. How about those names? So I guess they explained the name change last week in a digital exclusive that like i don't know why you wouldn't have just done that on television because i didn't see that until i went looking to see what the hell they were were saying yeah because they 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 made the announcement i'm like wait 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 wait. did they change somebody's name here i'm like i could swear i heard did i hear kaden carter yes i heard kaden carter what am i not hearing for casey catanzaro <laughs> But in that digital exclusive, Catanzaro was basically saying that, like, yes, everybody knows me as Casey Catanzaro, but there's more to me. I like to party. I like to do this. I like to do that. And to me, that's Katana Chance. So I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like Batman, I guess, <laughs> if that makes sense. Or or Bree Mode. Her Bree Mode is Katana Chance. <laughs> But obviously it comes down to WWE not wanting people to to have their, their own names now. Business. Which is why we see people like Butch, we see Champa losing Tommaso. 
and uh, Katana Chance now. So, and about, yeah. I mean, Legato del Fantasma had happened. Ah, uh, del Cruz. That's true. That's true. You know. But I like this match. I'm a big fan of both teams. So, yeah. I. I what happens with Carter and Chance though? Like, are they going to get brought up at some point? Uh, well, with the name change, maybe that seems like it's going to be happening. I hope that they, when they do come up, that they come up together though. I, I would assume they're coming up as a tag team. I hope so. But I, I went into this match thinking that that Carter and Chance would be winning. Then during the match, some stuff was going on. They were pulling out some double team moves from uh, yeah, Faraz and Leon, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought they were what about to lose, but but ultimately they they picked up the victory. I liked the the double team moves from both teams. Yeah, I so. I agree with you. You know, but. Next also, up, I'm yeah. a big fan of uh, using Casey Catanzaro. She's a DLC for, for 2K22 now. Oh. When I'm actually able to play the damn game. <laughs> when it's not freezing up on you? Yeah. But after that, there was a video package that aired. It was Kaylee Ray with a bunch of fire. And as soon as as soon as Kaylee Ray is in this video saying words, I'm like, wait a minute. Her shoot name is definitely Kaylee Ray. And she's definitely about to tell us she's got a new name. <laughs> and she's sitting there playing with fire and introduces that her new name is Alba Fire. All right. We're One of the longest reigning champions in WWE modern history. Just like Walter. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, what can you do, a, you know? A name is a name, yeah. Name's a name. Next up, you had Brooks Jensen. Uh, taking an attack backstage. That's what you say, taking an attack? Taking an attack, you know. And uh, Briggs and Fallon Henley assume that it was Legato because they have a match with them coming up. And Briggs and Fallon Henley went on to the ring and, and jumped Legato del Fantasma. Leading into their match where Legato picks up the victory. Robert Stone at one point came on to commentary, basically alluding to it being Von Wagner who took Jensen out. But this hmm. was a, a pretty chaotic match that I enjoyed. Yeah, it was definitely a, a good match, you know. But something that yeah, I, Briggs Briggs just wasn't able to do this alone by himself. No, and he but. needed a partner. And later on, we saw Legato. Santos addressed Tony D'Angelo and spoke about Tony getting his message with the crowbar. And Tony responded even later on and introduced Troy two times Donovan. And I think it was Channing Lorenzo. And he wants to sit down between the two families next week <laughs> at spring break. And so we're, we're going to have some sort of family sit down. We're going to have sure a talk. Violence. Yeah. We're going to have a discussion. But after that, we saw Solo Sokoa pick up the victory over Trick Williams with Cameron Grimes on commentary and, of course, Carmelo Hayes ringside. Pretty good match. Yeah. Not the longest. No, not the... I'd say, I'd say both people got time to, uh, time to shine in this. Yeah, um, I was a fan of it. I think Sokoa is really awesome. I think he's going to be a superstar in, in time, too. Well, Grimes, Carmelo, and Sokoa all got into it afterwards, and it seemed like Solo was going to super kick 
Carmelo Hayes, but he ends up hitting Cameron Grimes instead. And they have a triple threat match next week at spring breaking for the North American Championship. Yeah. After that, the Viking Raiders picked up the victory over Idris Anofi and Malik Blade. Yeah, Viking Raiders. Prior to the match, though, we saw Idris Anofi hyping up Malik Blade so he'd be ready to take on the Viking Raiders. So I thought that was a a funny segment. And I was kind of surprised by this match because it wasn't a quick squash match. And I'm happy that it wasn't. Yeah, I'm happy it wasn't a squash match. Um, But Raiders, they're back on NXT? Like, well, no, I hope so. I hope it's going to be just like Natalia, just like Dolph Ziggler and everything. This is the kind of NXT that we've been calling for with it, main roster coming in and out. Of course. Yeah. 100%. But on the other hand, I really hope that War Raiders kind of stays down there. I don't think that's going to happen. And the Viking Raiders yeah. showed respect after the match to Anofi and Blade. And then the Creed brothers made their way out to just stare them down from the entranceway. So. That hypes up their match mm-hmm. for next week. I assume next week. And then after that, we got a vignette, I guess, for Wesley. Just basically saying that he's angry about losing the tag team titles. They were taken from him. He didn't lose them. But he's looking f- to the future. Hmm. So Take at least they're the not future. dropping him t- entirely. Yeah, that would stink. Earlier in the night, though, we saw Indy Hartwell, Persia Parada, and Roxanne Perez backstage where they were basically complimenting her on her victory from last week. And Toxic Attraction interrupted, basically saying that she only won due to Wendy Chu being there. And Roxy challenged him to a match. I thought it was about to be against Gigi Dolan. Main event ends up being Mandy Rose picking up the victory over Roxanne Perez. And the crowd was split. Yeah, I'm really, I'm happy to hear that split reaction because Roxanne Perez, I mean, I'm, I feel like she's an internet person because Ring of Honor, independent, stuff like Internet person? Uh, Please don't call her an internet person. IWC person. Uh, an, an internet darling, you could say. All right, internet darling. You know, I feel like she, because she's independent with Ring of Honor, she has a lot of the IWC support. So, Which it was very crazy to see the former Ring of Honor Women's Champion facing off with the current NXT Women's Champion. I thought that was really cool. That is true. But what I liked is that Mandy Rose got a great reaction too. Yeah. I enjoyed the heck out of this match. Roxanne worked her ass off in this match. Mandy Rose ends up catching her with a knee out of nowhere to pick up that victory. But I I thought this was a, a really good match. I agree with you. Totally. Wendy Chu showed up afterwards. And Toxic Attraction ran off thinking that they wouldn't get got. Chu ends up pushing a comically comic-sized button like she's uh, Wiley Coyote. <laughs> and a net falls onto them. And uh, then Wendy Chu and Roxy end up spraying her with... Uh, they, they spray them with silly string. I, I know there's people on the internet complaining about the water gun. They're they're complaining about the silly string. I'll t- I'll tell you, I I the water gun. I was like kind of trying to get older, but then I started seeing it more and more and more. And the more I watch it, the more I see Gigi's selling of it. It's it, just like when Steve Austin uses the hose, and they 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 sell for that. It's a more powerful hose. Yeah, they had a he had a hose. 
yeah, these were okay. these were super soakers I, that they were selling like they were cannons. I've been hit, hello. I've been hit in the eye by a super soaker, and I can guarantee you it hurts. If you pump it up a, enough, it hurts. Okay, if you pump it up, it takes a while to keep on pumping it up to get it to that level. Regardless, getting getting hit with it, it hurts. Uh, I'm sorry, but to sell it like that though, <laughs> dude, it hurts. Come on, but also with the silly string, I think silly string is absolutely disgusting. So I'd have the exact same reaction. I, I don't want silly the... string. I hate the smell of silly string. I hate the feel of it. It's wet for some reason. It comes out of a can. I'm not. It's a... disgusting. I don't like the selling. I don't like the selling. I think that selling is stupid. You know, it's funny as a kid when you're watching. At it. least, <laughs> at least the net fell on them and not to like the side of them where that that happened in uh, NWO. In NWO, in WCW, where Kevin Nash was about to get hit with a bloodbath, I think, uh-huh. and it dumped just little, just a little to the left. Oh man! <laughs> it, like basically missed it. I don't remember that. Yeah, and then they edited it for TV where it's like all over him. So like in the end, it worked out. But if you see the raw, like uncut footage, it's like, mm, well, I'm gonna have to try to find that. Tried. Yeah, but. After that, the the show closes with Joe Gacy. He had the uh, the Druids surrounding the ring. Harland wasn't there unless he was one of the Druids. I doubt he would have been. But Joe Gacy brings up Braun Breaker not being cleared to defend the championship next week. So at spring break he'll end up being crowned champion by default. Then, WWE Hall of Famer, newly inducted WWE Hall of Famer, Rick Steiner cuts him off. And introduces the fact that Braun Breaker is cleared. And he will be there at spring break next week. Um, and then the Druids end up getting uh, getting up on the apron surrounding the ring. And Braun Breaker came out, ran through them. Some of them were holding on to Rick Steiner. And Joe Gacy was able to hide behind one of them. Ends up hitting Braun Breaker with a clothesline. And the Druids then formed a line and passed the championship right directly to Joe Gacy. Yeah, one by which one. Which this, so last week or the other week, we spoke about how it felt like The Fiend. Yeah. And Y Family. And now this, this is week, Undertaker. It feels like the Ministry of Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess at some point, everything is going to feel and seem like something that's already taking place. But... Yeah, and I, I didn't hate the way it ended. I, I would have preferred for that main event to be the main event, but mm-hmm. you got Rick Steiner making his return or, I guess, official debut. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool to have Rick there. It's true. But moving over to NXT UK, it opened up with Wild Boar and Mark Andrews picking up a victory over Symbiosis, which was a solid tag team match to open the show with. Eddie Dennis ends up getting up on the apron, which caused a distraction to Wild Boar, but he was still able to make a comeback, and then Mark Andrews picked up the victory. Afterwards, Boar jumps out of the ring right onto Eddie Dennis, chased him around with the chain that Eddie Dennis brought to the ring, and Eddie Dennis ends up running into Sid Scala backstage, and Scala, instead of like protecting Eddie Dennis like he had kind of hoped for, Puts him in a match against Wild Boar next week where Symbiosis is banned from ringside and it's going to be a dog collar match. So we're getting these cool match types in uh, in NXT UK. Yeah, and nobody talks about them. 
backstage or not backstage outside of the performance center mustache mountain arrived and tyler Bates said that he's not happy with the way trent seven cheated to win last week but they want reputable competition to defend their titles against who that's going to be against i have no idea just yet mm-hmm. but we will find out after that zaya brookside picked up the victory over angel hayes uh it went longer than i expected to I figured it was going to be a quick squash match, but I enjoyed what it was. I Here's the thing where it's like Eliza Alexander gets involved here, distracts Angel Hayes here, so Zaya could pick up the, the victory there. They both end up jumping her afterwards, and Amel chases them, chases them away. But you have back-to-back distraction matches. Huh. I don't like when they do that. And that's like a lot of that is like AEW where it's like distraction, 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 etc. So, but backstage also Sid Scala end up welcoming uh, Damon Kemp from NXT, the brother of Gable, Bobby Stevenson. And Johnny Saint was there too, which surprised me, but he also welcomed Damon Kemp to NXT UK for the time that he'll be there for now, I guess. And then NXT talent, Von Wagner picking up the victory over Saxon Huxley, which was a good match for Wagner, puts him over. He cuts a promo afterwards, basically putting NXT UK on notice. So I like that. Also, Johnny Saint being there wasn't the only person that surprised me. Nigel McGinnis was able to call commentary live for the first time in two years. Wow. Prior to that, he'd been doing it in the studio from, I guess, Florida with the other commentator being there. So that that was surprising. But we had a Gallus press conference where Wolfgang basically just assured everybody that Gallus is fine. So it seems like they're unfortunately going to be eventually breaking up. I still hope that's not a thing, but we'll see. They aired a video package for Tiger Turan, who ended up being the masked man who was appearing last week during the Sam Gradwell and Kenny Williams match. And he'll have a match next week. I still have no idea who he is. I couldn't find anything on the internet about him. Uh, And then to close the episode, there was a contract signing for the NXT UK Championship rematch between Ilya Dragunov and Jordan Devlin. They want something special for NXT UK episode 200, which is taking place, I believe, in two weeks. So that match will be taking place on it. Devlin wants to raise the stakes. So Ilya Dragunov is like, okay, whoever loses, you're out of NXT UK forever. And they both signed, and Devlin goes to try to attack Ilya Dragunov. Dragonoff gets the upper hand at first. Dragonoff goes to put uh, Jordan Devlin through a table using the Torpedo Moscow. Devlin gets out of the way, used Sid Scala as a shield, and then was able to hit the Devlin side to, to hit him through the table. Of these two men, Dragonoff and Devlin, I don't know who I could picture potentially being gone from NXT UK and per- perhaps coming to the United States. We've seen both of them in the United States. So I don't know on a permanent basis. I have no idea. I mean, so, it wouldn't be a surprise. They've, like you said, they've I, been here. 
Yeah, but I, I don't know of the two of them. Like, I, I can't really see Ilya Dragunov losing the championship. So, it would have to be Jordan Devlin, I guess, by default. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see where he fits in or where Ilya fits in if he loses the title. But that's NXT UK. Before I move over to SmackDown, I'm not going to go back and try to edit things out that we already spoke about. Dave and I recorded on Thursday. It's now Friday. And we learned that there have been, unfortunately, some NXT releases. Um, Paige Prince of Valley. She went by Blair Baldwin. She was uh, an NXT referee. Raylin Devine. Mila Milani, Sanjana George. I don't know. We didn't see any of them on television. But Draco Anthony got released. Harland, who's been pretty prominent. I would say Draco Anthony, not over the top prominent, but he's been on. Um, also, Dexter Loomis. Very, very surprising to see Dexter Loomis on that list, and it's very unfortunate. Malcolm Bivens is on that list, so it makes what Roderick Strong say on NXT this week even more unfortunate and ironic that he doesn't want his new group to turn out like his old group and hear the person he was saying that to. Malcolm Bivens is gone. Roderick Strong is the only person left from that original Diamond Mine group. And then I think the most surprising name that was released from this this group on Friday was Dakota Kai. That to me is just I I, I don't get it. I just don't understand that. And it's very unfortunate. Hopefully they all land elsewhere. Hopefully we could see a team kick reunion or something like that. Persia Parada also. I don't think I said her. She was also very prominently featured on NXT television. She was a beast in the ring. Very, very strong. And it showed in her matches. And that's very unfortunate that they released her as well. So... I just needed to to insert that in there, but I'm going to move over to SmackDown now. And uh, this was a taped episode of SmackDown because they're over in the UK, but it opened up with Drew McIntyre picking up the victory over Sami Zayn in a steel cage match. Drew Gulak was the timekeeper for this um, episode of SmackDown. And I thought it was a decent match. Nothing really stands out. From it, but McIntyre goes for a Claymore and Sami Zayn went to start uh, climbing the cage. And then he crotched Drew McIntyre, climbed over and out, and McIntyre obviously got back up, dragged him in, hit a, a suplex from the top rope, and then went on to hit a Claymore, pick up the victory. After that, we had Happy Talk where Happy Corbin brought out the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Trophy. And he was going to break it. And after he trashed Madcap Moss, he asked for a sledgehammer. And one of the people who carried that trophy out, who had the sledgehammer, 
ended up being Madcap Moss. And he went after Corbin. Corbin escaped every weapon attempt from Madcap, but Madcap Moss tosses him out of the ring. That ends that segment. I thought it was a, a decent segment. It continues that feud. It hypes up WrestleMania backlash, but maybe now that there was a, a few weapons involved, it might need some sort of stipulation to that. After that, for the Intercontinental Championship, Ricochet picked up the victory over Shanky to retain. And it wasn't a bad match. It wasn't great. But the bigger thing to come of this was Jinder Mahal yelling at Shanky afterwards. And Shanky, like, basically did, like, the stop, talk to the hand almost, and walked off. So now Shanky, I guess, will be maybe feuding with Jinder? I'm not sure. After that, Raquel Rodriguez picked up the victory over Kat Cardoza. Before the match, Raquel cut a promo that she was being interviewed, and her question or her answers, I guess, to me, kind of made it sound like she was a face and a heel at the same time. But the match itself, it was a very quick match. Cardoza, by the way, is uh, Layla Gray, and she got a few moves in, but in the end, Raquel hit that Chingona bomb and picked up the victory. They aired a video hype promo for Gunter with Ludwig. Basically just saying respect will be taken. Then they moved on to the tag team championship unification contract signing where Randy Orton ends up calling Jimmy a certain word and it goes to blows. Roman Reigns came out which distracted RK bro and the Usos took them out from behind. And they end up hitting the 1D on Matt Riddle. And Roman Reigns goes to join in. McIntyre comes out and takes both Usos out. He and Roman Reigns fought a a little bit in the ring. And Roman escaped. Backstage, Adam Pearce, Paul Heyman went to him and uh, approached him. Asked him for a match change. Because Roman's not happy. The contracts were never signed, by the way. He wants the title unification match now to be a six-man tag match. And Adam Pearce is like, nah. And Paul Heyman's like, you know what? I'll go over your head. And that match is now a triple, not a triple threat, a six-man tag at the at WrestleMania Backlash. After that, Naomi picked up the victory over Shayna Baszler, which was another somewhat quick match. Again, the, the bigger picture of this was afterwards. Natalia attacked Naomi. And Sasha then attacks Natalia, but Natalia continues to fight. She locks Sasha Banks in the sharpshooter on the apron, which I thought was really cool. And Shayna Baszler stomped the arm of of Naomi. After that, Xavier Woods picked up the victory over Ridge Holland. They spoke about Butch still being uh, lost before this. And I enjoyed this match. Xavier Woods reversed a move that Ridge was doing into the backwoods and picked up the victory. And then Sheamus challenged Kofi Kingston and that match was made. Sheamus picks up the victory over Kofi. Kofi basically controlling the beginning of that match. Sheamus takes over. Kofi ends up ducking a bro kick and hit the SOS. But when he went to the top rope, Sheamus ultimately ends up hitting him with a bro kick. And Ridge Holland attacked Xavier Woods afterwards. They broke out a table and Ridge powerbombed Xavier Woods through it. 
We got another Lacey Evans video basically saying she was kicked out at 17, but she was the first in her family to graduate high school, I believe they said. And then she moved on to the military and her father didn't show up to that graduation. And she's ready to face anything. I don't know when she's returning or what, but after that, we had Ronda Rousey pick up the victory over Shotzi Blackheart in the Beat the Clock I Quit Challenge. I don't know if we've ever seen an I Quit Challenge like that before, but certainly Beat the Clock we've seen. And while it was nice to see Shotzi again, it sucks because you obviously knew who was winning this. And she ended up quitting at like a minute 39. It was officially set at a minute 41 for Charlotte. Charlotte versus Aaliyah ends in a time limit draw because Flair couldn't beat that. She didn't start in a hurry. And with about 30 seconds left, she had Aaliyah, or she was about to put Aaliyah in the the figure eight. Aaliyah counters it, sends Charlotte outside of the ring. Flair gets back in and with about 10 seconds left, she hits the figure eight. Time runs out, and Flair was pissed, so she goes after Drew Gulak, and she attacked him with the the ring belt to end SmackDown. How she's not getting a fine suspended or what, I have no idea, but maybe we'll see something next week. After this feud is over, though, hopefully Bailey comes back, becomes champion, and we see Shotzi Blackheart, and we see Aaliyah used and in longer matches. I don't know. Hopefully. But uh, overall, SmackDown, you could tell it was a tape SmackDown. It didn't seem like they cared as much. But uh, I'm going to take a quick little break right now, and I'll be joined by Chris, and uh, we'll be right back here on Marking Out. This is the Big O, and I'm marking out for marking out. And if you can't handle that heat, then get the hell out of our ozone. Back on Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. It's Chris. I'm back. We're here, and we're going to talk about pro wrestling. Brandon, what's the haps? What's going on here? Not much right now with me, but you had quite the busy uh, half two month. Two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, two weeks. Half, How, half how's, month. how's it been? Uh, it's been fantastic. We had a fantastic trip to Disney World. Um, started off at the TWA hotel, which where we surprised our kids and my daughter was all about it. And my son, uh, had a meltdown. Oh, no, nah, you know what? It's because, you know, we keep him very structured and like, you know, we were telling him all these things that he's going to be doing over vacation and they were all lies. So <laughs> he wasn't, he wasn't happy about that. He's like, why are you doing this to me? Blah, 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 blah. But eventually, you know, it, it went well. Friday was, uh, how is that hotel though? It's awesome. It's so cool. It's very chic. Um, very 50s style. There's a pool, a heated pool on the roof that you just sit and you watch all the, the planes take off and, and land and stuff like that. It's very, very, it was very fun. Um, and, you know, good food too. So we woke up the next morning at 4 o'clock in the morning for a 6.30 flight that didn't take off until 8 a.m. Yeah, because there was, dude, it was, it was real. It, it was, it was not a fun travel day. Both travel days sucked, but that one especially. But that's even like we got to our hotel. That for for you to have actually stayed at that hotel and then had the flight at the time that it was supposed to be, and then it, it was a six. Was it was supposed to be a six thirty flight, but that's, everybody got on the plane, and then we just like sat there. Yeah, that like we sucks. pulled we pulled out, 
and then they pulled back in. I was like, oh my god. But did did you get anything for it or no? I don't know yet. Rachel uh, did the survey and stuff like that, so we'll see. Uh, we'll hope. We hope. But we got to our hotel. We stayed at Beach Club, which was outstanding. Beautiful, beautiful resort. Right, right across from the boardwalk right there, five minutes from Epcot. It's a beautiful area. If you guys listening don't know, it's such a great area. Just uh, You should look that up. Oh, it was awesome. And then uh, that night we went to Dizzy Springs and went to the Play Pig for dinner, which was awesome. Had a nice little uh, whiskey flight. Had some brisket. Had some mac and cheese. Had some uh, delicious... Um, Brussels sprouts too for dinner. Any which dessert was, there? Mm, did we do dessert? No, we didn't do dessert there, um, because we just ate so much uh, barbecue food. And then we walked around Tennessee Springs, uh, and then we head back to the hotel where Saturday we, I mean Sunday, yeah, Saturday the sixteenth, we went to Epcot, which was a lot of fun. We tried the rope drop Remy's Ratatouille adventure, but for we waited online for an hour and a half because it wasn't online yet. And then we decided to say screw it, and we got a lightning lane later in the day, and we did uh, did uh, you know the other other rides, Frozen Ever After. We did uh, Journey into Your Imagination because Figment freaking rules. Uh, we did Soarin. We did Living with the Land. Wait, uh, when we, you said when you said it wasn't online yet, what does that mean? It was like off the the ride was offline, like it wasn't running yet. So they said, oh yeah, it'll be a couple minutes, couple minutes, hour and a half later. You know, we're just like, all right, we'll come back because hmm. we had a fast pass for uh, Frozen Ever After, so we uh, hit that up. Uh, lunch that day was at Garden Grill, which is a really fun restaurant, and it was fantastic. You know, they give you a big cast iron skillet with steak and turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes, uh, and it was uh, just a, it was a pleasant experience. I've always wanted to eat there because they have all the food is from well, downstairs. Well, not all of it, live- but most of the food yeah. is from yeah from Epcot. Yeah, if you if you go on Living with the Land, you can see their NFTs, brah. You know. Yeah, I'm not talking. I'm not. Yeah, they have it's uh, a way of their planting is called uh, nutrition. The nutrition nutrient film technique. So they have a big sign in there that says NFTs. I was like, bro, I'm like, I can get behind these NFTs. <laughs> I have no clue what uh, the other NFTs are, but you know. But yeah, and then we went head back to we went back to the hotel, freshened up, went in the pool, then went back to Epcot. Uh, we did test track at night. We did Remy's Ratatouille Adventure in the afternoon, which was an awesome ride. A lot of fun, very immersive. You go through certain areas of it, and it's like if you've seen Ratatouille before, you know when they sneak into the uh, fridge, and there's like the meat hanging and stuff like that. They have like an area of that ride where you go through, and it's like you're in that fridge, which is so cool. Um, and I think we did Figment again that day, um, and you know had some. Uh, I had my uh, frozen beer in Japan, and we called it a day. So that was that for uh, Saturday, seventeenth. Uh, it was uh, my 37th birthday. We spent it at the Magic Kingdom. Did a lot. Rope dropped Seven Doors Mine Train. Did Splash Mountain. Haunted Mansion. Um, what else did we do? Buzz Lightyear. Uh, and we had lunch that day at Skipper's Canteen. Which was, I mean, they, they pushed this short rib on me there. And I was like, eh, you know what, I'll have it. It wasn't the best short rib, but it was good. Um, and, yeah, we just had an easy day at Magic Kingdom. Left early uh, and ate. So next door to Beach Club is the Yacht Club, and they have a great restaurant there called uh, Ale & Compass. I don't know if yeah. you've heard about it, Brandon. Oh, no, fantastic. I mean, of course, we, yeah. We had pasta, and we had this great chicken dish for dinner that night, and just hung out at the hotel. It was fun. That's a, uh, quite a fancy restaurant, right? Yeah, well, you know, we, we did mobile <laughs> order. From, we did mobile order from there. Oh. Because we didn't want to go out to eat. We're like, oh, we're tired, you know, because the next day we went to Universal Studios on the 18th, which was a show. 
because where with Disney, they're like about crowd control and it doesn't like you walk through the parks like it was we were on peak time there. So it wasn't like, uh, you know, the, all the parks were completely busy. He and but it didn't seem like it. Like certain times, it seemed like it. At Universal, from the second we walked in to the second we left, it was just a a, a show the entire day. Um, you know, we got to ride Escape from Gringotts twice, which was awesome. We did the Harry Potter in the Hogwarts ride too. Um, did Simpsons? Did Men in Black? Um, it took us an out. I want like we were all hungry and I wanted to eat lunch, so I'm like, all right, we'll just get from you know Krusty Burger or whatever. But the facade outside in Simpsons Land, it's like Quickie Mart, Moe's, Cletus's Chicken, Krusty Burger. Like it looks yeah, like five separate restaurants, yeah. but it's the same place. I had to wait online for an hour to get food there for them to do, go up to the line. Do they have mobile ordering or no? They did, but that was a show too. Um, so I had to wait online. To, so I was like, hey, where do you want to get food from? I'm like, I want to get from Krusty Burger and I want to get from Cletus's Chicken. But he's like, okay, so they have to wait on that line. So I had to wait on one line to get to the end of the line to wait on another line or another line. And the food wasn't even really that good. Oh, that sucks. I know. And we were all so hungry. Like, I wanted to get from Lardland Donuts. I wanted to get a, a beer at Moe's. But it was so packed there that it's just like, no, let's not do this. It, which was, it, And they had no board license plates in the, in the gift shop. You don't get the, the reference. Because, there, yeah, because so, they didn't have the name. No, because there's an episode, the Itchy and Scratchy Land episode. They didn't have any Bart license plates, but they had Bort license plates. Right, and yeah. then over the P.A. Simpson later, he's like, we're out of Bort license plates in the gift shop. They didn't have any. I wanted to get one to get to give to a friend, but unfortunately, they didn't have it. But, you know, we got to do all the Harry Potter stuff. The um, Diagon Alley area of Harry Potter Land is very cool because, like, the kids got wands, and you go up to certain areas, and you can, like, cast spells for things to happen. You've so, been like, you've been to Universal with that before, or no? No, I would that not Diagon Alley. I was there when the Wizardly World of Harry Potter opened up. Oh, okay. Where you were in Hogsmeade. Um, so, yeah. Because the last time I was at Universal, the Simpsons ride was still being built. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, fu- it's nauseating. It's a very nauseating ride, so... So, um, like, all that Harry Potter stuff wasn't even there yet. They yeah, still oh, had wow. Jaws and... Yeah. Oh, we went on Spider-Man, too, which was fun. And we hit the uh, Dr. Seuss area, which is cool. Um, but that was, like, I think that was the longest day that we were actually in a park. That sucks. How was City Walk, though? Did you explore that at all or no? Nah, not really, because, like, by the time we got out, we're like, all right, let's just go home. That's where I would have eaten. And, yeah, I know. We, well, we didn't want to sit down. We just wanted something quick and eat so we can keep popping around and doing what right. we wanted to do. Um, That's unfortunate it, that it was such like a, a busy thing. Well, you know, it's spring break. You had okay. <laughs> your experience at Universal sounds like my experience at Disney World in, uh, in 2021. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because everything was just opened up, so everyone wanted to go. Um, but that was the 18th. The 19th, we went to Hollywood Studios. In the morning, uh, we rope dropped Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railroad first people on the line, which was great. And what a wow. great, what a great ride it is! Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it, like you go in there, it's very immersive. The ride was fun. I love the animation for it, so we did that. Um, you, you had we, the you had the A version of the ride though, right? Mickey and Minnie were there. Yes. Okay. Why? Because there's a B version when Mickey and Minnie are down, like the animatronics are just on the screen then. Oh. Interesting. I had that happen to me once with uh, Flight of Passage. 
Not oh, Flight nice. of Passage. The Navi River Journey. Oh, okay. The Shaman. To me, one of the best animatronics in the park was the screen. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, we did that. We did all Toy Story Land. Slinky's. We did Tower of Terror. Um, Star and, Wars. And your, La- kids, your kids go on that? Yeah. They love, they love Tower of Terror. It was fantastic. Um, and then we did Bolt Star. We did Smuggler's Run, which was all right. I mean, I want to say it was the best ride ever, but Rise of Resistance. Oh, I needed a cigarette after that ride because it was <laughs> far freaking nominal. Yeah, um, Smuggler's Run, it was like if you're a Star Wars fan, it's cool that you're on like the Millennium Falcon. Yes, and, stuff. and like the, the chess boards there as you're walking in. I was like, I want to take a picture. Can I take a picture? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, Rise of the Resistance is by far one of the best rides you could possibly It's not find. even a ride. It's a freaking experience. Yeah, 100%. From like even like you, you're you're going from the queue, you walk through that that area with all the stormtroopers. Yeah, it's just like you could see pictures of it and think like, "Wow, that's incredible!" And you have to see it in person. Yeah, until you see it in person, it's like, "Oh my god!" I know it was like it was real wild. And then you that... go on that like the little ride beforehand. Yeah, that's like insane too. Yeah, so that was awesome. Uh, lunch that day, we ate at 50's Primetime Cafe, which was awesome. Did you um, have your elbows on the table? Um, No, but some guy uh, next to us got put in timeout. It was awesome. That's funny. Apparently, quote-unquote, hit his wife, so they put him in timeout. Oh, my God. I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't know, but um, I was – I don't know. That day, like, for some reason, I guess the heat got to me, so I was feeling, like, a little, like, dizzy and stuff like that. I was like, all right, I have to sit down. Um, obviously – we did Muppets uh, 3D Theater, which is still, you know, um, I was listening to the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. They did a, a Disney episode because Brian just went for the first time. Matt's a seasoned veteran. Yeah. Mark goes every year. So they were talking about it. And Matt said, he's like, it's ti- it's timeless now. Muppets 3D, like, it used to be cheesy, but now it's like the whole thing is timeless. My I- one thing that I will never understand with Muppets 3D, the ending, when Sweetums is outside in the audience... Like the I, very very end, yeah, and he's also on the screen. I think they might have fixed that because I don't remember that. Because I, I can was like, almost guarantee you that Sweetums is still on that screen. There's no way they're taking that out. Yeah, I was kind of bummed though because you know the gift shop that's right out there. Yeah, closed. Yeah. I wanted to get I wanted to get a bunch of Muppet stuff. I I like uh, I I enjoy the Muppets, but I did buy this week, um, the Diamond Select uh, San Diego Comic Con exclusive uh, Beaker and Bunsen. The one where they, they it looks like there's an explosion in their face. I'm unfamiliar. Oh, you have to look it up. It's a great figure. It should be coming today. Um, so that was yeah. So that was that day. It's Wednesday. No, no pizzeria. Uh, pizza Rizzo, right? No, Pizza Rizzo's is still there. No, no, but, but I'm saying you didn't go there. No, because we went to 50s Primetime Cafe. So back when you uh, you had sent me that review what from review? Uh, Barstool Sports. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he gave it a seven or whatever. I'm like, there's absolutely no way in hell it's a seven. And then I watch somebody that I watch, like, blog at or vlog at Disney World. Okay. And they went and got Pizzeria Rizzo. Pizza Rizzo's. And they were like, this pizza is pretty good. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't think about it because I was full on meatloaf, which was awesome. Um, so Primetime yeah, was... Cafe is not all you can eat, right? 
No, you get one meal. So I got the meatloaf. Rachel got short ribs. The kids got both got mac and cheese. Uh, Wednesday the 20th, my parents came down and we had a cabana day. Good rest, relaxation day. I saw uh, that. I was uh, I was surprised to see that your your parents were there. Well, it was supposed to be a surprise. Like, we were supposed to have that pool. We were supposed to have that cabana day built in. And then, like, the kids would be in the pool. And then my parents would just show up. But, uh, you know, couldn't talk Jordan off the ledge. We had to break the news to him that uh, they would be coming down. So... Uh, it was nice for them to come down. We had a nice little. What, little... what did you tell him that, that was like completely? We told changed. them that. So we told them that Nanny wasn't working. My mother wasn't was working on on Easter, so we weren't going there, and we were going to my sister's. So my parents came over on the tenth to celebrate like my birthday and whatever. Um, and then we said the Thursday, the twenty first, they were supposed to be having a sleepover with all the cousins at my mom's house. So. And then, like, they play with their friends and have play dates and stuff like that. Um, so, but Cabana Day was awesome. The beach club has a sand bottom pool, and we had our own little area, which was very nice. And it was funny because, like, our cabana was, like, right on the corner, and there was a bunch of, like, lounge chairs for people to, like, sit and park themselves. One guy was, like, cutting between, like, right next to our cabana on, like, the, the tight side to get to those things. And we didn't say anything because we didn't really care. But Disney security came up to this guy and said, hey, listen, you can't do that. And the guy had a fit. <laughs> and me and my stepfather just sat there just enjoying fruity bourbon drinks and just watching this guy, like, this Disney uh, cast member, like, talk this guy off the ledge. It was hilarious. Um, but for dinner that night, we went to Disney Springs and we went to uh, Chef Art Lang's Homecoming, which I've was – heard phenomenal things oh. about my God, it was outstanding. The chicken? We, Did you get the chicken? I got the country fried steak, which was awesome. My uh, Rich, my stepfather, got the chicken, which was awesome. Um, the drinks were awesome. So we did, again, we did whiskey flights for dinner. Where it's like, you know what? Polite Pig and Homecoming were different. Where, like, Polite Pig, they just gave you three Glenclaren glasses with, you know, a one-ounce sample and some ice if you wanted to, you know, smooth it out a little bit. But here... They'd give you shot glasses filled with three different types of whiskey, and then they give you their in-house hot pickle juice to, like, chase out the, <laughs> the, the whiskey, and then they give you candy pecans to, like, cleanse your palate. That pickle juice was the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted in my life. <laughs> That's so, funny. Yeah, but, you know, it was, it was a great meal. We had fried okra for, uh, like, they, they called it okra fries. For our appetizer, which were awesome. Let me um, ask you a question. Is it slimy? No, it wasn't slimy at all. I know okra can get a little slimy, especially if you, like, saute it and stuff like that. Because whenever I see okra at the store, I make sure to buy it because I enjoy okra a lot. Um, but it was really well done. The whole meal was great. Um, and then that was Wednesday. Thursday morning, we woke up and we did Hollywood Studios with my mom. My stepfather stayed back, which is totally fine. Um, you know, we did Mickey and Minnie, we did Puppets Through the Theater again, um, what else did we did do? We did all... on Tower of Terror? We didn't do Tower of Terror that day, oh. because it was busy, we couldn't get a fast pass for it, the uh, stand online was an hour and 20 minutes. Would she go on Tower of Terror or no? She doesn't like heights. Okay. So she wouldn't, but she did Slinky, she did Toy Story Mania, uh, we didn't do Star Wars Land, uh, you know, a nice little day, we got some quick service food, uh, and then we went, then we park hopped and we went back to the hotel we picked up my stepfather and then we went to epcot and we did you know we did before dinner we did figment we did nemo we did living with the land we did soarin and like my my stepfather he has like a twisted ankle so i really can't walk so this is a terrible vacation for him 
So we parked him at Rosen Crown and we said, hey, meet us in Mexico because that's where we're going to have dinner. So it's a rough our... walk. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't <laughs> – it could have been worse. It could have been worse. So Did, we, no, we meet... he didn't have, like, the, the scooter? No, because we, we didn't think about it. Uh. Uh, so that was – so then we met him. We got we got some drinks. He got me some scotch. I got some beers. Then we went to St. Angel's Inn for dinner in Mexico. Woo! Fantastic. Ribeye tacos for dinner. Uh, margaritas. And then we uh, made our way for the World Showcase, went on Frozen, got some sake, and made it back to the room. And then Friday, uh, we went to Magic Kingdom. We went there in the morning, got a bunch of rides in, Splash Mountain again. We did Pirates. We did... What haunted mansion no we did haunted mansion the first day on the 17th we didn't do it the second day because my kids didn't like it so i wasn't what? gonna yeah i don't know but... like scary wise maybe or what yeah or... probably and we got stuck on the ride so my stuff freaked oh, out oh that sucks yeah i know you um, didn't have to uh, get out of it right no it was like a couple it was a couple seconds after um and then we went back picked up my stepfather went back to magic kingdom and went to be our guest for dinner which was awesome Great. They had great beer selection. I had a filet mignon for dinner, a nice meat and cheese plate for appetizer, and the gray stuff was delicious. I think I'm going to make that this weekend. Really? The yeah. gray stuff? Yeah. So. How was uh, the, the, you had the transformation, right? What transformation? Did the transformation happen at, at Be Our Guest? No. What? I, I don't know. It happened. I thought like at, like, it like lightnings and. No, no. The beast comes out. Well, no, he just came out and waved to everybody. And my daughter popped for that huge. Did did you do any meet and greets? So, no. We, I mean, like, we went to, oh, yeah, I forgot to say, on the 20th, we went to Topolino's for breakfast. Topolino. Which was, which was my favorite meal. You know what Topolino food. means? No. It means little mouse. Oh, okay, nice. Um, But I have, like. That's, uh, um, that's Mickey's name in, for Italy? Italy, yes. But had a great butcher steak and polenta for breakfast in Manhattan at 8.30 in the morning because um, I was on vacation. So, um, but, yeah, that was the first day because I think, like, the 17th was the last day of, like, socially distant stuff because then the 18th went back to full form to, like, meet and greets and stuff like that. So um, when we were at Guard Grill in Epcot, you know, they walked around, like, the top part of it and just waved to the kids right. and took, like, socially distant pictures um, when we went to Topolino's, like Mickey, Minnie, they all came over and the kids hugged them and got autographs and stuff like that, which is cool. And they were good with them? Yeah, they were awesome. Everybody was awesome with them. Um, and then Saturday was our day home, but we started the morning off at uh, Trattoria El Forno for breakfast. Made sure I had some Mickey waffles to cap off the trip. Went to Beaches and Cream for lunch for you know mediocre uh, burger and some onion rings. Wait, where we- is Trattoria uh, El Forno? That's in Epcot? Uh, it's a, no, it's in on the boardwalk, by the boardwalk hotel. So it was like a five minute walk from our hotel. Right. And oh, then, did you uh, you didn't do anything on the boardwalk at night? No, we were all shot. Oh, that we, sucks. We, yeah, we went. To, we'd go to the pool. We'd shower up, and we, you know, because we were early risers, we wanted to get in the parks early. We wanted to get there, rope drop, do the things that we wanted to do, and uh, you know, just sit back and relax. It is a vacation, right? So uh, that was that. Uh, came home to more delays because they overbooked flights, and it, it happened on two, the two terminals. My terminal, and the terminal next to me. They're both like, "Oh, we overbooked our flights. If anybody wants to stay here till Monday, we're offering fifteen hundred dollars in travel credit and a hotel." It's like, come on, JetBlue, what are you doing? Did well, you I, did you didn't consider it? 
Not not one bit because I had to come back. I had uh, lacrosse broadcast on Monday. I had lacrosse broadcast uh, Wednesday. I've got one today. Uh, and I just got back to, to life, man. And then my daughter turned six on Wednesday. We're having a birthday party tomorrow. So we're having a nice big barbecue. So I got to stock up for that. Um, and yeah, so that's it. I'm back. Great vacation at Disney. I know it's a little bridged, but, uh, you know, I want to talk about some wrestling because we got some great wrestling, uh, in all elite wrestling. And we'll start off with last Friday, uh, on Rampage. As you have another Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament qualifier match as Adam Cole picks up the victory of Tamahiro Ishii. So cool to see Tamahiro Ishii back in a AEW ring. He's uh, been had, in it before? Yeah, he faced off uh, with Orange Cassidy against the Butcher and the Blade. I, almost, I have no recollection of that. I know. Uh, but, you know, a solid match. I think it was kind of predictable that Adam Cole would pick up the win here. Yeah, I think most of these uh, these Owen Hart tournament matches have been predictable. I think it would have been cool to see somebody from New Japan in the tournament. But, I yeah. like, come on. There was no way Adam Cole was losing this. But I still really enjoyed this match. Yeah. And the people of Pittsburgh, I think, were very lucky to see this. I know. Absolutely. Well, you, the, the, I know you probably spoke about it last week, but people of Chicago are going to be really lucky for that uh, New Japan AEW show, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, depending on how it's booked, right? <laughs> yeah, true. But yeah. Uh, Jay White ends up taking Rocky Romero out at one point, which allowed for Adam Cole to hit the low blow and the last shot to pick up the victory there. The boom. Yeah. I'm going to still say last shot, though. Yeah, just like you're still going to call Brian Danielson Daniel Bryan. No, I say Brian Danielson. Um, I, I was. I thought you were going to say just like you call Red Rum the Taz Mission. I'm not going to call it Red Rum. Come on. Well, it's a totally different move now. But yeah. speaking of Red Rum, Lexi Nair backstage with Hook trying to talk about uh, you know him make his uh, impressive win on Wednesday, and they are interrupted by Danhausen, who is smashing bags of potato chips, and said, "How do you like your powerful chips now?" And we get our first words out of Hook. Pushes Danhausen against the wall. He says, "You wanted my attention. You got it." So. This is, I'm assuming this is going to build up to double or nothing hook versus Danhausen. And this is a smart way to have Danhausen's first match. Unfortunately, it'll probably be a loss. Uh, but I don't think a loss would hurt Danhausen in this case. They have uh, a sit down next week on dynamite. I think I don't know. It's on rampage tonight. Oh yeah. So it, I saw, I saw pictures of it, but I didn't see any spoilers. So I'll watch it tonight. Next up, squash match. Lance Archer defeats Sir, Pe- Sir Pentico. Um, essentially, it was just kind of teasing the uh, Murderhawk Monsters match against Wardlow for Rampage. Yeah, this, like, to me, this, like Butcher versus Barrett Brown that they had, I don't think yeah. it does anything for them to build them up against someone who doesn't look like Wardlow. I know, but just, should, you know, it was a way to say, okay, it's a way to tell people, hey, guess what, Wednesday night... It's going to be this guy against Wardlow. Look what he's doing to this guy. He's destroying him. Could he do the same thing to Wardlow? Like, yeah, like, sure. Does it make him look like a monster? Absolutely. But against somebody who looks like Wardlow? No. No. All right. Tony Nese had a uh, quick video package with him and, and Smart Mark Sterling. Yep. So Nice is uh, undefeated since joining up with Smart Mark. It's great. Could have fooled it's... me. I have not seen Tony Nese wrestle in AEW since I saw him. <laughs> yeah, because you know, we, we don't pay attention to darker uh, elevations. Right. So. But yeah. after that, we saw Eddie Kingston pick up the victory over Daniel Garcia. 
I would love if they called his finisher the back fist of the future like they did in Chikara, but... Oh, well, maybe they're not allowed to. Yeah, because maybe it's too much. Come on, get Michael Dawkins, the uh, the gimmick lawyer, in there and get him to the trademark. It'd be great. (laughs) I would have liked to have seen Daniel Garcia pick up the victory here, but this was another match that I enjoyed. But, again, Jericho... But... the Jericho Appreciation the Jericho Appreciation Society has kept one upping Kingston and them. It's like you have to get let the the good guys get the uh, the win because the Jericho Appreciation Society gets the one up on th- Wednesday, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, it, was next- a, it was a hard hitting match. Yeah, Kingston hit that uh, backdrop, the spinning back fist picked up yes. the victory, and then afterwards he took off his belt like he was gonna whip Daniel Garcia. Yeah, and, and he then said, he's like, "I'm saving it for Jericho. This is just a message." Yeah, absolutely. Next up, Tony Schiavone interviewing Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, saying they, uh, you know, they won the war, they won the battle, but the f- war is far from over. Or they're gonna pay it back in blood. So it's cool, you know, cool to put these guys together. Yeah, and then Team Taz responded afterwards and just promised to take them out. Yes, it was. You also had a interview with Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, and Britt Baker, since they all qualified for the Owen Hart Women's uh, Women's Tournament. Uh, you know, a little back and forth. You know, I, everybody I think wants to see Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. They don't really care about what Britt Baker, who Britt, Britt Baker faces because you know it's good, Britt Baker's going to win. Right, and yeah. yeah, but I think Tony Storm is going to win. You think she's going to win the entire thing? As of right now, perhaps. Or do you think she's going to go to the finals? I will see. Right now, I think she has to go to the finals. Yeah. Okay. But this All segment, right. it was basically like, uh, I'll see you in the first round. I'm better than you. Yeah, and you it know it. Really quick. Yeah, super quick. But it got the point across. The main event saw Jade Cargill pick up the victory over Marina Shafir to retain the TBS championship. She is now 30-0. and 0. Red Velvet and Kiara Hogan are a hundred percent now in the baddies, like a hundred percent. And you know who's going to be, you know who's going to be in the baddie section in a couple weeks? Our very own Brandon. <laughs> We're getting you there. Yeah, you know, it's call, happening. Called Pat. Oh yeah. By, by the way, congratulations, Pat Buck, new AEW coach. Stoked for him, man. But, uh, yeah, so even regardless of their feud, their bitter feud between the two, they're just friends now. Yeah. And uh, they threw popcorn at Marina Shafir. Red Velvet also attacked Marina Shafir, which all took place behind the referee's back while Smart Mark was distracting them. How great is Smart Mark Sterling? Yeah, fantastic. I liked... uh, Maybe the best manager in the game right now. Can you think of another one? Paul Hammond, Paul Heyman, you can't. Come on, you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. But I liked the uh, the power slam that Jade hit. Yeah. And uh, Shafir. I thought Marie looked good in this match. You thought who? Jade? Marie, I thought oh, both Marie of them looked good in this match. Yeah. Shafir said- ends up taking uh, Mark out and then focused on the baddies and then got hit with the big boot from Jade. And then Jade slammed Marina Shafir onto that table outside. So, like, for me, there were some messy spots here, but this, I think, was the most I might have enjoyed a Jade Cargill match. And you're going to keep enjoying them, and you're going to enjoy them more when you're sitting in the baddie section with uh, Kara Hogan. I don't know. Like, if that... I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> imagine. Hey. I can't imagine. I'm like, brother, can I wear this Ultimo Dragon mask? <laughs> 
Tony Schiavone, uh, Tony Conner, probably like, yeah, absolutely, brother, let's go. Yeah. But that was uh, Rampage. Let's get over the dynamite from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the home of brotherly love. And you kicked it off with a brotherly love match as Dax Harwood picks up the victory over Cash Wheeler in an Owen Hart Foundation tournament qualifying match. You had CM Punk on commentary for this as well. All I don't these think guys he added to this match at all. Bret Hart? No, Who? I don't think CM Punk. I was like pumped to hear CM t- Punk, and then he he was just like, "Yep, not CM Punk." I, I didn't enjoy that. He was like, "Oh, we could just call this bald versus hair." I love this match though. I like the fact that they did the the their move trunks move. were dope too. Their, their trunks were dope. The fact that they did the opening spot from Owen versus Brett at WrestleMania ten. That was the beginning of that match. You did the kip up, flipped over. Yeah, and then there were pieces of Brett versus Razor and Mr. Perfect. Yeah. I'm not a big fan when they do stuff like that. Uh, But it's the Owen Hart tournament. Yeah, I understand. But it's like, to me, then it's just like, as if I'm not watching a real match, if that makes sense. Okay. All right. But it it was still fun to watch this. It was a good match. And I like the fact that they're giving Dax a nice little uh, solo run here. I thought Cash was going to be the one to win this. Yeah, I, I, but I feel like they have too much invested right now in uh, in Dax. And so then, I, uh, I would love to see him get to the finals. We'll see what happens with that. But after that, CM Punk gets on the microphone, basically just hyping up his yeah, match they, about... Yeah, they, uh, they announced it afterwards. Yeah, after the match, they announced it. It's official. Hangman Page versus CM Punk. Yeah, because Adam Page has COVID, so that's really? unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, Adam Page. Feel yeah, better, Yeah, apparently buddy. they had to heavily rewrite this or something. Really? Okay. But I really hope CM Punk doesn't win the title. I still want MJF to be the next champion. I think uh, uh, it'll be a, a good victory, a, a, a solid win for the champion if he retains. All right. Next up, you have the Blackpool Combat Club taking uh, a victory over QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Nick Camarado. Uh, expected. I think Wheeler Yuta shined here. Also, too, is his hometown. So they gave him uh, gave him the rub. I love his new theme music, too. I don't get the, the Blackpool Combat Club not having an entrance. Because they're all individual dudes. But I feel like a stable. Maybe, maybe they're all going to wait for, like, double or nothing to give them, like, a big trios match. I don't know. Or, I mean, right now it's. I mean, this is the third week in a row that they have a victory over the the cast of AEW Dark. Yeah. So it's like to me, I don't think it's doing anything for anyone. It's helping. It's the helping only these, thing. It's helping these guys kind of mesh together since they're all solos guys. They're gonna mesh together, and then maybe they'll have one big trios win. It's like for me, the only thing that it's doing is. I guess giving time for Wheeler Yuta. To be shown on TV with, can yeah. we call them legends? I'd say legends. Yeah, they're both legends, absolutely. And also, we learned via commentary with William Regal that if Wheeler Yuta loses, he's out. I don't know wow. if they're going to stick to that, but that's that's what Regal said. So okay, but like, here's my thing: like, are they baby faces? Are they heels? Like, I think they're 100 percent baby faces. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, too, after last week's, uh, they had that dark segment after uh, AEW. Uh, Rampage went off the air with all three of them in the ring. So After that, backstage, Tony Schiavone interviewed Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Tony Storm. Again. That they did on Rampage. This time, Ruby Soho showed up to stand with Tony Storm. 
And this time it was Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter leaving. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen this segment happen on Rampage for them to set up a tag team match on Dynamite. Okay. I don't know if we're going to be seeing them facing off in a tag team match or what. I don't know what's going to come of this. All right. But I don't know. I don't think we will. I don't know. We'll see. So, yeah. Next also, up. Also, backstage, Jurassic Express. I don't think they're being called that anymore. But Jungle Boy said that he knows that he could have won last week, but he got carried away, and then Christian called him a loser. Oh, man. And then Team Taz interrupted, issued a challenge to them. So, it seems like we're going to eventually see Christian versus Jungle Boy. And okay. And we're going to eventually just see Christian get away from Jurassic Express. Cool. That's fine by me. But what are you, you going to do with Christian then? After he gets the rub over Jungle Boy, he gives Jungle Boy the rub. Uh, TNT? TNT. Championship? I don't know. Oh, okay. That could be... We'll talk about the or TNT tag team cha- I mean, they already had so many shots of the title, so... Yeah, for sure. Next up, match. Wardlow defeats the Murderhawk monster Lance Archer. Wardlow, man, hitting a freaking Hurricane Rana. And yeah, a beautiful Wardlow, Hurricane Rana. Wardlow showed off a lot more skills in this match and reminded me of Brian Cage in this. Yeah, but I think... I don't know. I think Brian Cage is very talented. But I think Wardlow has more of the appeal. Wardlow, I think, has more hype. Has more hype, and he also has more hype too. And you, one hundred percent, yeah. And obviously. the crowd was behind him. MJF you... and Sean Spears eating popcorn in the. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. And but, yeah, yeah, this was a, a fun match to watch. Wardlow yeah. hit those four power bombs, picked up the victory. I know. And then afterwards, I know, I know I'm jumping ahead here, Brandon, but like we kind of have to keep with the storyline right now. You had a backstage promo yeah, with MJF, <laughs> MJF and Sean Spears. Says uh, next week he's going to be facing somebody else. Makes a call. Says, do you want to make uh, six figures on one match? He said, he, next guy's bigger than you. He's taller than you. He's smarter than you. And you can't teach that. So, assuming... It's probably gonna be Kaz XL or William W. Morrissey, it which seems I think like that. it's very cool, very very cool. I'm stoked about that. When um, he got on the the horn to call somebody, I thought he was gonna be calling Big Show. So right, I thought so too. I thought for sure. I'm like, oh hell yeah, we're gonna see Big Show wrestle on Dynamite, and then yeah, but I don't th- I don't think he can power bomb <laughs> him though. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't think so either, but. Well, I mean, can he powerbomb Big Cass? We'll see. We'll see. Absolutely. I'm so. excited for that. After that, we had the Jericho Appreciation Society sit-down. This is very sports. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we had the sit-down with Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. And the Jericho Appreciation Society couldn't touch them, which was teased during it. And Jericho ends up dropping the the name of what we call the AEW fans now. They're the AEW Galaxy instead of the WWE (laughs) Universe. (laughs) And Jericho basically demanded an apology from everybody, and Kingston's like, I just want to fight. I don't care if it's five on three. And Jericho brought up uh, a hit, and Kingston got in his face. And I think Kingston challenged Jericho to kill him. 
<laughs> Murder. I think so. <laughs> yeah. But later on, we saw the Jericho Appreciation Society attacked Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz, and they threw a fireball at Kingston even. Yeah, very... I thought this was all very sports entertainment-esque. I've, I'm like, is there not going to be two other people? Yeah, there has to be. But who's it going to be? I still have no idea. Maybe Unless some... it's like LAX or something, I still have no idea who they bring possibly... in. They bring in Homicide and Hernandez for like a quick shot. Yeah, I don't. I mean, they've done that. They brought in uh, Hernandez once before, right? And her, and Homicide. No, they brought in Homicide. They didn't bring in Hernandez. Didn't Hernandez appear in the? Was he not in that other match? I don't remember. With Conan. No, I don't know. I forget. Um, Maybe but not. Who are the? Who do you think they would bring in? I, I, or do you the think only, they, that's the only literally the only names I could think of is or do you think they bring in some who like what tag team right now in AEW do you think would work well with Kingston and Homicide I don't know interesting Brock yeah, Anderson have, yeah Brock Anderson and Lee Shotty <laughs> Lee Johnson sorry um, but next up after this Philadelphia street fight Serena D picks up the victory versus Akari Shida outstanding match here um, I like the fact that, like, I was listening to Busted Open this week, and Tony Khan said, this is where this feud started, because they've had yeah. five matches, so I liked that storytelling. Hopefully this is, you know, this is it for right now between these two. Well, yeah, so Deeb has the three-on-two victory now. Yeah. I liked, in this match, she threw, like, powder in Sheeta's face, Yeah, and I feel like that's something we haven't seen in a bit. I know. We've, but... we've, seen, we've seen a lot of... Uh... Thumbtacks. God, thank thumbtacks. God there weren't thumbtacks in this, huh? Mm-hmm. But Serena Deeb really worked on Hikaru Shida's knee this whole match and won with the Cloverleaf. But I, didn't I like really, that. I didn't get Shida losing. I liked that ending though, banging her knee into the chair and then hitting the Cloverleaf on there. Yeah, but they showed Thunder Rosa afterwards, so. Maybe Deeb's going against Thunder Rosa. That'd be, yeah. That's going to be a great match, I mean, match I think too. that's what it's going to be. And a lot of people are are really kind of pissed off that when Britt Baker was champion, she was on TV like every week speaking, cutting promos, and Thunder Rosa, where has she been? We saw her three seconds watching television. Maybe maybe this, now that there's a, a, a contender now for her title, maybe next week we'll, uh, we'll see her at a backstage promo or something. But like, saw, no, the first two weeks that... But Thunder Rosa was champion. She was out there. Yeah, but that was those were garbage segments. Okay. Um, next segment after this was the House lights. Of black. Well, yeah, li- lights went out and Fuego del Sol uh, unconscious on the stage, <laughs> and the House of Black is about to uh, unmask him. But then it looks like Alex Abrahantes is standing in the ring, saying it's sacrilegious to remove a luchador's mask. Uh, House of Black runs to the ring. And Penta Oscuro and the Bastard Pac come out with Alex Abrahantes. And then underneath that robe in the ring was the returning Ray Phoenix. So now it looks like the numbers are even for the Death Triangle. And it looks like double. this is a great match you could put on the pre-show at Double or Nothing. House of Black versus Death Triangle. I uh... Like a, a Lucha, a Lucha Rule-style match. It'd be so awesome. Yeah, I think the match itself could be cool. I didn't like this segment at all. Because I didn't, I didn't understand, like, why did they stop caring about Fuego? They had all the power in that part. Well, who is, And then who's once more, they were in it, the who, ring... Like, who like, is more what? important to the House of Black? Right, Fuego, but, this, this, this sheep, or getting rid of the Death Triangle? So, but, like, they dropped him. They didn't unmask him. 
they go into the ring. Why didn't they just kill who they thought was Abrahantes? Yeah, I think you're thinking a little bit too into it. I it just that just segment wasn't for me. And I think That's like the I way like that they've hear. the way that they've like handled the House of Black, they started off like, "Oh my God, this is happening!" Yeah, the beginning of the year, and then they add Buddy Matthews to it. It's like, "Holy crap, this is awesome!" And then they, I can't remember like they just fell off. Well, they're still doing promos and stuff like that, so it's just you know it's a matter of waiting till Ray Phoenix gets back. I'm, I think, and now that Ray Phoenix is back, they can get full force with the House of Black and. Full force with the storyline, which is is very dark. It's very cryptic. It's you know, it's gonna be fun, and this match is gonna be fun. Uh, next up, essentially, you could just say it was a squash match. Undisputed Elite, who now have shirts, uh, defeated it looks like a Dirt Sheet logo. Yeah, it does. Uh, Face off against Dante Martin, Varsity Blondes, and Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson. This uh, this match sucked. Yeah, well, you know, it was just a way to get the, <laughs> get the Bucks and the Undisputed Elite to get on and uh, show their shirts. Yeah. And then we had uh, we had Samoa Joe and Trent Beretta hype. They have the ROH championship Sick. on the line this this today. TV titles on the line are on Rampage. We'll talk about it next week. But this match, I might have to stay up a little late late to see this one. They also announced Diana Perrazzo versus Mercedes Martinez is booked for next week, which I feel like could have been at the pay per view. But maybe I maybe Deanna's like, already booked on Double or Nothing. Maybe Impact's doing something that weekend. Maybe they're doing I tapings that she has to be there for. feel like Mercedes Martinez is going to win? Uh, probably. It we sucks. Perrazzo already lost the Reina de Reinas championship at uh, Rebellion. Ty yep. Valkyrie won. Yeah, I saw that. We could talk about Impact for a hot second, too, because you know they have a new champion in Josh Alexander, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm about Ty... Taya's going back to AAA. I think she's going there this weekend to defend the title. So it's a it's a good way. And and Taya's rules. I think she's outstanding. Yeah, I I say it every single time her name is mentioned on the show. I think she's one of the best female competitors out there. Her, Diana, uh, Britt Baker's fantastic. Um, and Chelsea Green. You by the way, all, all friends, <laughs> all friends, and also too, I get to go see uh, Chelsea versus uh, Diana Diana a couple of weeks at FWF Live Three. Oh, I didn't know that was a live taping. Yeah, it's it. It's in Melville. I'm going. I'm going. I am like doing my first wrestling weekend in I think since WrestleMania, when we went in, tw- in 2012. I'm going because I'm going to create a pro. That's Chelsea versus Chris Statlander versus oh, I forget her name. It's it's one of their students in a triple threat women's match, which is going to be awesome. And then I get to go next time and see Chelsea versus Diana, which is going to be awesome. Nice. Yeah, a lot of wrestling. Um, and let's talk about wrestling and your main event. You have a new TNT champion as Scorpio Sky defeated the Spanish god Sammy Guevara. Um, High-flying, great match. I thought the one thing that I didn't like was the barbed wire ladder. Because there, no, there was no barbs on that thing whatsoever. Oh, there wasn't? No, there wasn't. Well, and even, too, lame. like, I didn't you saw them that. get slammed into it. And I was sitting there, I'm like, is there, there was no, like... No little like specks of blood coming. I didn't notice that at all. Way to ruin! I'm 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 amazed. I am amazed that you didn't notice that. That's really funny. Wow! I thought it was a cool spot. I I I popped for the barbed wire ladder. I thought it was really cool. Prior to that, by the way, prior to that, Sammy Guevara, huge cringe, jumps off that ladder and completely misses Scorpio Sky. What with the The fact that he was able what? 
the, the, the 630 thing that he did where he's like, oh, I'm crazy. And yeah, then- the fact that he was able to continue from that, I was like, oh, my God, because from there. So, like, right after that spot, he's lying on the mat. They cut to commercial and they come back and Sammy's, like, lying on the outside. I'm like, oh, my, is he hurt? So I rewound because they have the picture in picture, but I don't pay attention to picture in picture. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and... Sammy Guevara is up and walking in there. I'm like, okay, so he's not hurt. He's just outside now selling something else. Yeah. But that was that was pretty crazy. But with the, the not barbed wire, barbed wire ladder, I guess, Scorpio Sky ended up getting hit with a, a Spanish fly onto it. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, 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 pro- it hurt like a, a bitch. But, you know, it's just like you look and it's like you'd think they do like a tight shot of his back and like the blood coming off of it. But there was no blood. It wasn't even like puncture wounds. <laughs> oh, but Sammy ends up grabbing Dan Lambert. Ty Conti kicks him below the belt. Like that was like, you want to talk about stiff shots, brother. That was the stiffest of stiff. Paige Van Zandt came out and brawled with Ty Conti. And then they did a spot where Ty was on Scorpio like Sky's that. back. I, I like that spot a lot. Paige was on Sammy's back while they were climbing. Kind of like a little chicken spot, I guess. Yeah. And then they ended up taking each other off the ladder and then sky ends up dumping sammy off the ladder landing on that not barbed wire barbed wire ladder and then i'm just uh i don't know i'm beyond lost with the outcome why are you beyond lost with the outcome uh, well i say this scorpio sky got a huge regardless Scorp- of the company i don't like how fast title changes like that i want to i want to read you a tweet from yesterday, from Wednesday, from John Alba. The Intercontinental Championship changed hands 12 times in 2021. Quick change, quick changes of a mid-card title isn't a new thing, but the TNT Championship has really pre- has been presented really well for a long time. Your thoughts? It, it, I don't like quick changes. I'll never, ever like it. It does nothing. Yeah, I mean, like to I, me, to me, it lessens the value of the title. You can have a title like the Hardcore Championship, the Iron Man Heavyweight Championship with DDT Pro, or the Twenty Four Seven Championship. Those can change quickly, and they don't diminish the title because that is what they're there for. It's meant to be defended like that. The TNT Championship I, is supposed to be this prestigious title. It is and a then, very prestigious. And look at, but look at the. You have to. It's not like. He won it uh, in a random match with a roll-up and, and pulling the tights. He won a, a ladder match. I don't and care. a brutal ladder match in that matter. Go Sammy, back Sammy four, won, four titles Sammy ago. The, Go back Sammy four won titles, the title same thing. Cody, when Sammy won the title from Cody. Uh, unbelievable ladder match. Um, when Cody, I, just, I don't like the whole hot potato thing. Okay, well, maybe now we'll get a longer run. But it looks like the first opponent. That's what Scorpio I said Sky's when gonna, Scorpio Sky won it the last time. Yeah, well, that I don't, I don't understand what, what happened with that. I was, you know, I, I can understand the fact of it flip flopping, like that. But I get it. You know what? I think now, yeah, I feel like now, especially with this match and like the story that this match played, there has to be some sort of mixed tag match at Double or Nothing with Scorpio, yeah, Paige Van Zandt versus Sammy, and then, but also too, at the end of the match, you have Frank Azarian come down and. uh you know, I guess Scorpio Sky is going to be defending the title against Frank, Frankie Kazarian. Did, what did you say with the tweet? The Intercontinental Championship? Changed 12 times. In what in year? 20, uh, 2001. Oh. Yeah. 
I was like 2021. I Maybe I did say 2021. If I did, I apologize. And you'll probably text me later while you're editing the show. You no, did I, say think 20- you, I think you definitely said 2021. That's what in, threw me. In, in 2001. So, I mean, this year alone, let's see. Who started off the, the year? Do we have, like, history of the TNT championship? Let's see. History. I'm going to Google this. History. Well, Cody TNT. started off this year. Yeah. Okay. History of TNT championship. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Da, 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 da. I hate. I say that a lot. I don't like it. Okay, so we also, started this off was the year. The, the Intercontinental Championship in 2001. That was the whole scene with the the WCW invasion. See, it still flip flopped. But yeah, you started off the year with Cody Rhodes. Sammy won it January 8th. And Which, then def- because and Cody couldn't come, there was some sort of COVID, yeah, COVID. reason. Yep, pulled for COVID. Interim I, champion. Yep. So then Sammy wanted the bolt belts on January 26th, which then Scorpio sky beat him March 9th, which then Sammy then beat him at battle of the belts on April 15th. And then Scorpio wanted back on April 27th. I don't know how, like there to me, there hasn't been a good TNT champion since Miro. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, I I could Sammy, Sammy Guevara did not do anything with it. When Cody Rhodes had it, he did not do anything with it. Okay. Miro and Miro was the last like Miro held good it TNT for... champion. He had his own custom title, even though which I I did not like the fact that prior to him, all those titles, everyone had their own different TNT championship. 140 days he had the title. Sammy has now held it three times and had it 138 days and done nothing with it. Yeah, well, it just it kind of flip flopped, and you know, now that he has to be together heel. with Ty Conti, I don't even think he's. A, I don't even think it, it, it's more of a, a create. I was telling this to to Damien from Filthy F and Casuals the other day. It's like it's just not for me. Like that, the Sammy Guevara, the way they present it, it's just it's not for me. It's kind of cringe in my opinion. And I've said it on the show. You don't have to put every single wrestling couple together. You know, if that's the case, then Steve Macklin and Deanna Perrazzo need to be together immediately in Impact and need to be doing the stuff. But no, you got to. Like, I understand, like, where, like, you know, this came from them trying to keep everything private. And then, okay, now we're going to be a thing. We're going to be together on TV. Might as well just, you know, lean into the skid. Um, But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it goes from here. As I said, it's probably going to be a mixed match at Double or Nothing. Got Paige Which even in that, that in itself, why is he champion? Why is this a, why are they going to have a tag team match with a, a singles championship? Because it's hyping up Paige Van Zandt. Paige Van Zandt is more well known. Not just in wrestling, but right. in MMA, and she's like a uh, a figure, you know, a, a celeb, uh, an athlete. So you want you want to get some hype around it, especially going to be in Las Vegas, which is well renowned known for mixed martial arts events. Hey, here's an MMA fighter stepping into a wrestling ring. Check this out. There's there's cross promotion you can get there. Since it seems like they have to do this tag team match, I would like to see them put the title on the line, regardless. That would be interesting. Because no, because then Sammy's gonna win it again. No, He's a four-time I, no. champion. You don't have to have him change championships or anything. Okay, all right. And, and I, I don't mind. I people, I feel like tend to complain when stuff like that happens. I wouldn't mind that because we've seen that in the past. In Kelly type- Kelly retained the world heavyweight championship for Edge. I wow! I can't believe what are you, are you did. You research this? No, I was there. <laughs> It was it was versus Lay Cool and Dolph Ziggler. 
Brandon and, and Edge wasn't allowed to use the spear. Vicky Guerrero barred him from using the spear, and she ends up using the spear to win the match. Oh my god! I think it was at the Nassau Coliseum. Wow. So but, yeah, uh, yeah, that's AEW. Before we moved on to uh, anything else, I, I have to mention the inspiration, the the iconics. Yeah, talk about. We talked a little bit about Impact Wrestling. They announced that they're going on. Uh, not hiatus. What word did they use? Uh, uh, they're retiring, essentially. Yeah. So They're hey. stepping away from the ring indefinitely. Maybe they're going to go uh, be actresses. I believe um, Cassie. Yes, Cassie Lee. Has that as her pinned tweet saying she wants to explore other endeavors. I'm going to be the lead in a rom-com one day is, the, is her pinned tweet. Maybe that's it. So yeah, I'm I'm very disappointed that the iconics, the inspiration are essentially no more, but uh here's to both of you because yeah. you guys are fantastic and I'm a huge fan of both of yours. And uh I'm excited to see what's next. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it was kind of a didn't they they just wrestled at, no, they didn't wrestle at Rebellion. I think uh, they didn't they? Um, I don't know. Let's see. Let's look it up. Impact Rebellion. Um, I yeah. And speaking of Impact, uh, we can. T- there's a new X Division champion in Ace Austin. Yeah, they did wrestle at Rebellion. They they lost the their match. I was on the pre-show. Madison Rain and Daniel. Ah, okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Against uh, defeated the Inspiration. So yeah, a lot of a lot of big things happened at uh Rebellion. Josh Alexander's your new Impact World Champion. You have uh, Violent by Design uh, winning an eight-man elimination challenge, which was uh, cool. Like, I got to see the major players in their first uh, tag team match in Impact, which is fun. I'm glad they're uh, they're starting to do that all yeah. over all of the United States. East Austin won the exhibition title, which I just said. Is Matt the NWA champion there? He's the NWA not... champion everywhere. But, like, do they recognize him as such? Um... I think he's just a digital media champion there. I I, I watched some of Impact last night um, because, as I said, Rachel got sling for the next three months to watch Better Call Saul. So <laughs> I I get access to TV now, and I watched New Japan last night. It was great. Heard some uh, big things from that show. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of big things happened this week. Um, what else was I? Gonna, I was gonna say something else, but oh yeah, I got some figures this week, Brandon. What'd you get? I got the uh, new Edge uh, Legends Elite. Which is cool, um, which uh, it's in my Edge collection. And then I was at Target getting uh, juice boxes today, and I set, checked out the figure section, and they had uh, John Silver. What? Yeah. Where? At Target. Where? In the action figure section. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, what, like, town? Westbury. Dude, I went to different Targets last weekend looking for Johnny. Couldn't find him. So I head to Edward Bay, as the majors call it. Yes. And I put in a bid, and I went into a bidding war over a John Silver figure. You didn't just go to Ringside Collectibles? No, because Ringside Collectibles, no offense, uh, bumped the price up quite a bit. So. Oh, yeah. So I go to eBay trying to look for like the, the cheapest figure I can find, and there's a, a, an auction. It's at $2. I put in a, I put in a bid. It goes back and forth, up, 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 up. It gets to, like, $10 or something. And then, all of a sudden, 
it goes back down to eight. And I'm, I'm the winning bid at $8. I'm like, what is going on? I've never seen this before. Somebody else comes along, bids me up, 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 up. It gets to like 25 bucks. Okay. And then it goes down to 11 Because that probably person retracted their offer. And I'm the winning bid. And then I wake up the next day. It was supposed to end on Wednesday. I wake up and they're like, by the way, your offer has been retracted. I'm like, what do you mean my offer's been retracted? I, that's so weird. Never, ever had that happen before. And they were like, if you by any chance get an email or a, a message from this seller asking you, do you want to buy this figure? Do not do it. Why? I guess it was a scam thing. So maybe the seller hyped it up? Yeah, I don't know. I've never had that happen before. I'm just yes. trying to get a John Silver figure. I'm like, what the? F- what are you kidding me? Yeah, they had everybody besides Brody, from and then there's like a, no, they didn't have Moxley. They didn't have Brody out. So I was like, so like, do I get Uno? I'm like, yeah, I'll just. And then I saw like they had the four. Like they had Anna J, Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, and somebody else like on like on the shelf. And then on the peg between behind like three uh, AEW Nyla Roses, they had uh, Johnny Silver. So I scooped that up today. Was it just one Johnny? Yeah, one Johnny. Um, And then I said I have my Beaker and Bunsen figure coming. Um, And then also I got my FWF Live 2 pack with my new Headbanger uh, Micro Brawlers, which are pretty cool. Um, And that's it. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, I I found the the Bray Wyatt uh, Superstars figure. My Walmart has nothing ever. (laughs) A couple basics here and there. maybe Maybe a couple of elites. But I walked in the other day because I needed to get something. And lo and behold, sitting on the shelf right there is just this lonely Bray. So I had to get it. It's awesome. So very good fig week for me. Um, and it was a good week of wrestling, too. So, uh, you know, maybe. Oh, yeah. We have to talk about NYWC. To, uh, if you're watching this Saturday, it's tonight. Matt Cardona defending the NYWC championship against the Big O. So, uh, you know, two uh, favorites here on Marking Out. Facing off for the second time ever. and uh, First be time in front of a live crowd. Yeah, first time in front of a live crowd. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes, which would be cool. Um, and yeah, that's it. I don't have a match of the week because I really didn't watch a lot of wrestling over the past uh, two weeks, unfortunately, because I was on vacation. Um, so let's just uh, kick it here to Brandon Shoutouts. Hey there, pal. It's me, Mickey Mouse. And you're listening to Brandon Shoutouts. The first shout-out goes to Peter Noon, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, The Ventures, and Felix Cavalieri. Because it's been 15 years since my first concert, and that was the the lineup at Westbury Music Fair. Wow. I think it's pretty crazy that it's been 15 years. I wasn't even supposed to go to that show. Also, my mom's friend had two tickets. She couldn't go to the show, so... And she knew I liked that, that kind of music, so... She sold them to me, and I went, and that was my first concert. That's cool. That's really – that's awesome. Uh, Bad Bunny getting the second shout-out because it was announced this week that he'll be playing El Muerto in a Spider-Man spinoff film. I don't know much about the character other than that he's a pro wrestler. Yeah, he's a jacked pro wrestler, too. Well, yeah, people changed the the way the, from the comics to 
to the movie. Yeah, but I just think I it's cool because Bad Bunny has experience as a pro wrestler. So, yeah, but yeah, they, I don't obviously know. they could have gotten like any yeah. jacked pro wrestler to be El Muerto. I mean, I'm, Bad I'm Bunny tor- is like worldwide famous. Yeah, I'm torn billions on this. of of records. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm, I'll, I'm I'll, tor- I'll see how it plays out. I'm a fan no, no, of Bad pers- Bunny. I mean, personally, I'm not a f- big fan of the idea of the cast. I think that it could have been better cast, but since it's done with, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. Plus, WWE gets will be like, uh, "Hey, one of our own." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he'll Another be on, one of like our the... wrestlers made it to a Marvel movie. Dude, he'll be doing like press junkets or whatever, and in between that, the Royal Rumble pops up or something like that, or WrestleMania next year. Yeah. I don't know when the film's supposed to come out. I think it's in 2023. He's plugging uh, El Muerto, and what is this? It's Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. It's El Muerto. Oh. But the the last shout-out goes to Randy Orton. We spoke about it earlier. It's the 20th anniversary of Randy Orton's debut in WWE, and he's had an incredible career. Yeah, no doubt. And he's been in WWE for 20 years straight. He's been injured, but he's never left WWE. Yeah, and his transition from where he was, I keep on mentioning it on the podcast, but his transition from where he was to where he is now, it's it's such a, I don't know, it's such an arc of a career and just being able to watch it and be a fan of it. Like, of course, I've had times where I was on the bandwagon and off the bandwagon and back on the yeah, bandwagon. Yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. Yeah, you know, but um, he he was always a entertaining wrestler. And always great. I mean, everything that he did with Edge, uh, with the rated RKO, um, you know, Randy Orton has always been entertaining. Yeah, Legacy. Yeah, yeah. Evolution. Mm-hmm. But, and I'll never forget the when I went, I met Randy Orton, and I asked him to personalize the 8x10, and the handler was like, absolutely not. And Randy Orton looked up with her, looked up at her with like a death stare, and said, "Give it back." And then John Cena made her give it back as well, and they both wrote to Brandon. That's a simple little thing. That's cool. I remember I, that until I can't remember anymore. I personally don't understand why they don't allow personalizations of autographs. That would just reduce the resale of it. Yeah, which is exactly that's that's what, yeah that's like when I went to the free signing with uh, with LT. And and they're like, no, no personalization. Yeah, I don't understand why. I'm like, can you at least write WrestleMania? <laughs> <laughs> nope, can't do that. Yeah, I don't understand. that. I really want to look up after this podcast, what's the reasoning behind why no personalizations of autographs? Like, a personalization devalues the autograph to me, so I oh, don't know one, why. 100%, it makes it personal, you know? Why, yeah. why would, like, I feel like avoiding the ability to have a person just get a bunch of autographs and then resell it on eBay is kind of like the plan, you know? I don't know. Yeah. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Is right our mark out moment of the week 
I'm not sure if I would necessarily count it as a markout moment or not, but video footage came out from Fish's concerts at Madison Square Garden last week, and they had these giant dolphin and whale drones that flew around the the arena. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. And it looked like they were underwater in like an aquarium. Where was this? And at Madison Square Garden. I thought that was really cool. Really? Yeah, it was, it reminded me of the old blimps that WWE used to fly. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's true. So I thought that was really cool, but wrestling-wise, like I said earlier with uh Casey Catanzaro being added in, this DLC pack, by the way, the Bonsai pack, I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's Yokozuna, Rikishi, Umaga, Omos, and Casey Catanzaro. But something really cool that I was called a liar over is that they added the, the Rough Rider back into WW2K22. Back when the game came out, I had one Twitter account try to try to call me a liar because I said it wasn't in the game. They were like, this move is called Leg Lariat. This is the Rough Rider. I'm like, brother, I I know it's a Leg Lariat, and I know the Rough Rider is a Leg Lariat, but this is not the Rough Rider. And they tried to argue with me that it was, even posting like video, uh, a picture from 2K20 of the Rough Rider. I'm like, yeah, I don't know why you're posting that. It's not the same move. So... The leg lariat that was in the game looked more like a leg lariat that Daniel Bryan rarely used back in 2011. That's like new to this year, I guess. However, the Rough Rider with the uh, the wake up taunt and all back in the game, so I'm I'm happy they did that. Yeah. You got any marked out moments? No, that's cool that they put in the Rough Rider back in the game. Uh, for me, um, yeah, I marked out for the. Uh, for the wrestling match of Archer versus uh, Wardlow, I thought that that match was really fantastic, really done well. Um, I like the the I think it was five power bombs at the end, the symphony. Um, and hey, like we mentioned, I mean, it looks like we are going to be getting big casts next up. It seems like that. I mean, so I, I think it was four power bombs though. I thought that he hit five. I think it was four. Four? I know I know that he hit like an extra one. So so maybe it was four. But it was still an awesome match. And hey, I'm looking forward to seeing Big Cass. And I hope that this could give Bad, Big Cass uh, his entrance to AEW. I, well, I don't know. He's signed to Impact, Impact. I believe. So I don't know how yeah. that's going to work. And I, I, yeah, I don't, the whole relationship there, I don't understand what's going on there. So. Who knows? Who knows? But I, I also, I did start to like mark out while watching Late Night with Seth Meyers this week because they had a wrestling picture during the opening like monologue that he does. Yeah. One of the segments. And then he kept talking and I realized it was a negative thing. Where he like made it out to, to make wrestling seem completely fake and nobody gets <laughs> injured. He's like, oh, why are these plastic chairs ringside? I'm like, what? And I found it to be disrespectful, especially that the, the image that was used not only contains Jason Jordan front and center who has a serious neck injury because of professional wrestling. It was from uh, one of those matches. You could see his boot in the picture as well. Zack Ryder hurt his knee. He injured his knee in the match. Hmm. So it was about to be a markout moment. And then it was like, what the hell? Turned to a sour moment. Yeah, but a uh, happier 
markout moment. I got to say, this past weekend at Rebellion, Josh Alexander won the Impact Championship from Moose. I still don't think he should have lost to Moose when he did. He like won the title and then boom, three seconds later, no longer champion. So I'm just glad Josh Alexander is back in Impact and he's the champion again. So yeah. I'm happy about that. And that's the uh, that's basically the markout moment of the week. Hey, that's that's awesome, you know. But thank you so much for listening. This was episode 586. Make sure you go buy a t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Make sure you go listen to all of our past episodes. Give us a follow. Go like us on Facebook. We appreciate you. And we wish you the... Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Oh. Oh.